Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. In today's episode, we surfed a 22-year-old wave of nostalgia, affection, and general film geekiness from the original Jurassic Park directly into theaters to see Colin Trevorrow's Jurassic World. We share a few agreements, some disagreements, and accuse some critics of hating movies. We need to see, at the beginning of this podcast, we have to start with a side-by-side comparison of Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain, so let's... This is great. Here we go. <laughs> I found a photo of them side-by-side. Let me see. They're in and a movie They together. are similar, but yeah, very clearly different people. <laughs> Here, you want to see, Patrick? Yeah, they, they don't look anything alike right there. Well, no, they do look alike. They're no. both Caucasian women. So a bunch of us got together, myself, Josh, Patrick's here, he just talked. Yep, I'm here. Tyler. Hello. Is back, and Abigail um, is here with us this evening. Hello. Um, she will actually be in a, another episode we have coming up later on as well, so enjoy a little preface this evening. The reason that she's here is because today we all went and saw Jurassic World, but not before we revisited um, the rest of the franchise and we already devoted an entire episode <laughs> to Jurassic Park 3, so a lot uh, we'll s- do a lot of skimming over Jurassic Park 3 right. for our and, and, you know, we don't need to <laughs> hit it's that it's one too much. It's not really important to Jurassic Park, Lost World, or Jurassic World. No. Or life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've, I've gone all of my life without it. Really? I've seen it, but, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not something that's important to me in any yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I continue yeah. to survive day to day. Most of what needs to be said about Jurassic Park 3 has been said exhaustively in that episode. So I do encourage you to go back and check it out. You can listen to myself lose an argument trying to defend it. And now I stand behind my defeat. Um, yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. But it'll come up. So what we did is yesterday, um, the, the time of this recording, yesterday was June 11th, which was uh, the... 22nd anniversary of the release of Jurassic Park. So a bunch of us got together. We put Jurassic Park up on a projector. We all watched it together immediately, follow, uh, followed by The Lost World. Jurassic Park is m- my favorite movie. In fact, if you go to You Hate Movies, there's a link to a short essay about how much I love Jurassic Park. And a couple of things became apparent when you watch the two in back-to-back succession that way. One is that, and you know, this seems like it would go without saying, but Jurassic Park is obviously the, <laughs> the easily easily the greatest film in that franchise, heads and heads and shoulders above the sequels that we had until today. Um, but when you watch Jurassic Park right before the Lost World, you really see a lot of the weaknesses in the Lost World. Yeah, yeah. That you didn't when it was separated by years and years. Jurassic Park came out in '93. The Lost World came out in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt like there was kind of a break and you were antsy to see another Jurassic Park movie it's like oh it's exciting and then when you sit down to watch it you're you know it's not the same thing obviously you're a little bit older <laughs> you're a little bit more hardened by the world at that point a little more cynicism has set in so you're not the same person you were all those years prior but at the same time I remember thinking oh it's great it's fun you get more T-Rexes the T-Rex gets it's not bad at all I mean, it's not a bad movie. Yeah, it's not a bad 
bad. Movie. You seem hesitant to acknowledge. I would. That it wasn't I would. Bad. I think not saying it's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I corrected movie. myself. <laughs> it's not a bad movie. It's, it's sure. worth watching. There's right? some pretty bad moments in it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is. Juxtaposed against the original, that way, it feels yeah. strikingly weak. Yes. Right. Um, but th- I still love that ending in San Diego. That's one of the thing main things people pick on is when the T Rex gets loose in San Diego. Yeah. That's one of the most fun. No, I think they should have got there quicker. I think we should have seen more of that. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of abrupt. It's just all of a sudden they caught a T Rex and now you're in San Diego. All of a sudden, there's no yeah. there's no transition to ease into that. Uh, other than it being abrupt, I thought it's great. Yeah, and, and short. We cannot, for the life of us, figure out what happened on that freaking boat. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. There's two. There's two moments in dress in Lost World that are just so boggling. I don't understand who wrote those those couple scenes. It's just like, how did they? How did they write this? Look at the paper and go, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> this this <laughs> makes sense. But yeah, that you're what you're about to say is that scene where they are waiting for the ship to arrive and in the harbor in San Diego and it crashes into the dock. Yeah. And they get on board and all the crew members have been eaten. There's a, there's a severed hand hanging from the steering sure. wheel. In time inside the tiny cockpit right. of that. And then we discover that the T-Rex is still inside the cargo hold. Right. So you're left to wonder <laughs> what, what happened to the crew? Well, uh, yeah, this insinuation is that he got out and then back in. <laughs> <But> <laughs> How did he get into the bridge of that ship? How did he fit into that room? Yeah, that's the big question for me is he got his gigantic head into that room enough to... Because this, this guy has been eaten while he was gripping. Right. No one went in there and fastened his severed hand onto <laughs> that steering wheel. Right. <laughs> so the T-Rex got his head in there, or the infant maybe? No, the infant wasn't on sh- on board. He oh, right. Yeah, they said plane. they flew him separately. Yeah. So the T-Rex certainly got her head into that huge, or that tiny room, her huge head into that tiny room, ate that guy, got back out. They fought. There was some more mayhem. And then she's like, that's it for now. Yeah. She goes back down in, and that last guy's dying wish is to lock her back up. Right, yeah, because the, the controls to the, the doors for that cargo hold were in the dead guy's hand yeah, so that he arm did also severed no no it's just he like was, a limp body but uh, the he's, he died holding that what, right how what how <laughs> it was his last breath man yeah i just it's staggering who how do they how did they and they don't that and not question they don't do finds it. a way <laughs> she's got there you go she's got a point yeah i i heard the best theory last night was well this maybe is, this something else life. happened to the crew <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it's just an unfortunate coincidence it was a perfect storm <laughs> of bad situations <laughs> but the other scene uh i think might actually be worse is when ian malcolm's daughter yeah. does those gymnastic moves sure and kicks the raptor yeah aside from the talking Raptor in Jurassic Park 3 that is undoubtedly the low point yep. in the franchise. And it's it, it's neck and neck with that. I missed it. I went to bed. You yeah, didn't you see that scene? It's good. From Lost World? Yeah, yeah. The movie opens. You you meet Ian Malcolm's daughter and you get like a three second conversation about how she got cut from the gymnastics team. Yeah. Just so they could throw her in later on yeah. swinging around on some bars kicking. She, she looked at these old dilapidated bars and said 
I could swing on those. <laughs> no. I could do a routine on I these. I can do this. Because <laughs> faced, faced with this life or death situation being her life threatened by this powerful animal. Right. And she's looking around at the tools available to her. And she's like, at this, think about this. <laughs> she ends up kicking the raptor during her gymnastics routine. But that couldn't have been in her head when she began it. Because the raptor wasn't even up there. It wasn't. Yeah. She yeah. just... It's almost like she, you know, went into shock. So she jumps up on this <laughs> bar and starts doing a routine. And they're like, uh, she's lost it. Yeah. And then it happens to work out coincidentally that the raptor gets up there and she's able to say, hey, it, it turns around and she I kicks it. Maybe there's an opportunity here for me. Yeah. And then it, it's worsened by the fact that Ian Malcolm is like, and you said you were cut from the team? As if to say, wow, you were right. so awesome the way you <laughs> used gymnastics to defeat <clears throat> this animal. Right. And... Uh, it's not so much just that gymnastic scene, but her part in the movie entirely seems out of place. No, that has to be piggybacking on the fact that, well, in the original, we were able to create so much tension and a sense of peril and danger by involving these small children. So we have to have and a kid. And it's Spielberg. Oh, Spielberg yeah, loves having kid kids in there. there. Yes. There's always a kid involved. Spielberg's right. a, a classic kid director. And this is funny because this is Spielberg's only sequel um, and he doesn't count the Indiana Jones movies because he thinks of those as serials. Uh-huh. And he's been able to avoid sequels in his franchises for the longest time. And he just thought, well, I mean, Michael Crichton wrote, he did write two novels and yeah. it was fun. And it was at that time <coughs> one of the most successful films financially in film history. And he was kind of feeling it, I guess. Because yeah. usually he'll step back into like a producer role or an executive producer role. Right. And let other people dabble in his franchises, but what a weird! It 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 almost doesn't even feel like a Steven Spielberg movie, because Jurassic Park feels like a, it's like classic Spielberg action adventure and all this. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird. Big picture, Lost World was great, but if they could fix that scene on the boat with the crew mysteriously being Mm -hmm. dismembered and and killed, and cut out the gymnastic routine because yeah. the be story is really movie. good like yeah. part three you feel like okay the they just figured something out to have dinosaurs this skeleton. one was cool the skeleton of the story is great yeah it's like but it's too big it's like such an outrageous amount of characters that you can't keep up with yeah and their motivations are also different yeah vince, vince young vince vaughn confuses audiences all the time now to see him you're like wait a minute is that Vince vaughn and how come he looks less schlubby <laughs> Actually, looks pretty nice. And this, can we agree on that? Yeah, 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 young. Yeah, but and so, you don't have time to really latch on to any of these characters. It's like this guy's a jerk. He's yeah, they're just there to die. <laughs> he's absecompy. This guy wants to hunt the T Rex, and he's kind of a jerk. But I, I don't know if we're supposed to totally hate him. And then there's this other little wienery, wormy guy that wants to run engine. And but Ian Malcolm's here even though it doesn't really make a ton of sense. It just is so all over the place and too big, too spread out. (coughs) But uh, that's not the case with Jurassic Park. And it's one of those rare things where um, a lot of movies that are kind of buoyed on nostalgia, you watch now and you can knit, you can nitpick them to death because you just, but you just love it because you love it. But there's this wrong with it and this wrong with it and this wrong with it. But with Jurassic Park, it actually just holds up as a as a movie. Yeah, it does even really well. the uh, a lot of the visual effects that you know that was kind of the game changer in CGI and everything. Pretty good yeah. in '93. Yeah, it's yeah, like it was, yeah. it's not terribly distracting to see like you know some of the stuff that you'd be like, oh my god, we can do that so much yeah. better now. Some There's of it's like that's actually 
kind of yeah where yeah, they stands seem, up they s- seemingly seamlessly <laughs> there you go keep trying <laughs> mix uh practical and special effects together oh yeah yeah especially with the the t-rex they do so well from, sh- from shot to shot it's like well that's CG, yeah that's practical yeah and they make it look really good yeah it's fantastic you know the the i think one of us uncovered recently that of those 14 minutes of actual dinosaurs that you get in jurassic park only four of them are computer generated dinosaurs and the rest are all practical so the majority of the dinosaurs you see in the movie are actually built but the raptors to go back and watch it and really pay attention it's incredible how much of those raptors are these really effective puppets essentially like really yeah. sophisticated puppetry mm-hmm. um, unless it jumps up on a table or if it runs through. even the running raptors are you know it'll be a cam between its ankles of right. real legs running it so you get yourself all hyped up when you think about a movie like this and um, especially if you know, you've been watching it for 22 years and it, you know, you would really enjoy it and you start to think about the possibilities. We talked about um, before how sci-fi and genre movies lend themselves to being explored over and over again because they're so conceptual and you can open up the concept concepts wider and wider and wider. Jurassic Park is one of those things where you could make a million stories out of this one idea that they found a way to genetically clone right. dinosaurs for entertainment purposes. So... Uh, it's not a. It's not necessarily a case of like, well, we've rung this out already. There's no more stories here. There could be tons and tons of great stories. It's just, can you do the whole lightning in a bottle thing with Jurassic Park? That was like, yeah, but this story was so good. Yeah. Um, and so, on all that, we go and see Jurassic World right. earlier today with the with the original fresh in our minds. After waiting and kind of being hyped up, we had avoided. The everything except for that first teaser trailer. Yeah, months right. ago when it f- was first released. Yeah. Right before Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. So we watched it a few times and then I was done after that. Yeah. Right. So it's been half a year. You're you're not watching clips. You're not looking at all the updates and stuff. We weren't. In fact, it you're going out of your way whenever. Yeah, it, comes it takes on a television. lot of work to do this. Yeah. You're covering your ears and closing your eyes. Yeah. At Age of Ultron, <laughs> I had my fingers in my ears humming and looking down at my shoes so I wouldn't be spoiled by that trailer. Uh, that Abby was trying to ruin for me. <laughs> it was a good trailer. I, I heard that that uh, Abby started playing one of the trailers, like the second or third trailer for Jurassic World on her phone and then just handed you her phone. Yeah, well, we were in a situation where we were like surrounded by people and I don't even know why she would have her phone out and I look down and I see raptors <laughs> <laughs> on her phone and she's just pointing it at me. I was like, what the It heck? was like an ad <laughs> that just automatically started playing on Twitter or something. Mm. Yeah, that sucks. You just yeah. can't escape. I trailers. had to unfollow Jurassic World on on Twitter and all that stuff because they started tweeting spoilers. Yeah, their promotional campaign made it very hard, but everybody knows that the movie's coming out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> but we went in fresh. All that to yeah. say, we went in as fresh as we possibly could. Um, maybe not as much as someone who... We have a friend that didn't watch any trailers or anything, and he said the only thing he knew that was that Chris Pratt was in it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh so we go in. What do you think? It was a super fun experience. It was a really, really great movie. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved, we it. loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. From the very opening scene all the way through, I was captivated, entertained, wowed. Wowed. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Any other? That's good. Emotions? It was one of those things when you're watching it, and I was sitting beside our friend Josiah. We bring it ra- randomly. <laughs> it comes you know? up every episode. Yeah. <laughs> and we just kept saying like. 
not meaning to. He's like, oh man, that's awesome. You know, because you just kept seeing these yeah. incredible things. You're like, oh man, this is exactly what I wanted it to look like. And it was like giving it to us. It was great. Yeah. Now, obviously, it can't compete with the original movie. No, I, and it's I, not trying to. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's trying to compete with the original film. But I would say it's no. just as good. Oh, what? I would say it's more fun. What? Than the original Wait, movie. What? <laughs> oh man, you guys hate movies. Like they are, we're all talking about. You finally get to see what Jurassic Park was all leading up to. Right. In the whole movie, so you get to see the attractions, the big dinosaurs and kayak rides with you know yeah we get to finally it's see what fun. would the, what the park would look like little baby triceratops i mean that yeah you can that's, ride on. that's all fantastic yeah so it's, yeah in that it way, is it the is really best fun. idea to lead the franchise forward yeah but does that make it equal to or more fun yeah. than the original movie <laughs> okay so let me then let me pose this then since you guys hate movies so much. <laughs> it's been a while since we've been able to use the title. Yeah. Um, well, I was I was trying not to be too much in my head. I'm going to go see it again. Um, and obviously, we'll see it a lot more over time. But, you know, part of your head keeps... And they're doing this on purpose, drawing your attention to the original or making you think about things, sometimes more yeah. deliberately than others. Sometimes it's like a really subtle nod or the way they frame a shot. And then other times they're like actually in the original visitor center with the the theme playing on pianos that was fantastic uh but i kept thinking like man that what's so different about jurassic park and every single sequel in the franchise is that jurassic park was really contained the cast is very small um you're really dealing with like three adult characters that you care a lot about that are in the danger yeah. and two kids um, and then you have like a handful of characters on the side the, but everything is super contained the cast is small you really kind of get a bridge into every character and all the scenes are pretty claustrophobic even when they're out in the open so the T-Rex comes through that's the first big dinosaur mayhem thing and most of it they're in a car or they're in the bathroom or the only thing that happens out in the open is between Newman and the Dilophosaurus and uh you know, that's kind of the exception to the rule. I like that you said Newman. You like that? With Dennis Nedry and the Dilophosaurus. Uh, but then after, as soon as we break away from the original Jurassic Park, everything is like, all right, well, now let's have tons of characters, tons of, of space, space, tons of new settings, tons of dinosaurs, and it's like a free-for-all. I mean, in, in halfway through the Lost World, the T-Rex is chasing like a mob <laughs> of people through the open jungle, um, which I think... It's kind of like the difference between Alien and Aliens in the sense that one of them builds tension from claustrophobia and then the other one's like, you know, all of a sudden a T-Rex is running around in San Diego, which is a lot of fun. The Lost World definitely takes the latter approach. And I think that maybe that might be some of the superiority of Jurassic Park is that it felt... The intimacy. Yeah, it felt like a little more in control. It's it's easier to go off the rails when you start putting so many balls in the air, when you're trying to juggle so many different things, uh-huh. and especially with like a huge, big budget, lots of special effects. Uh, I think Jurassic Park feels like uh, it could have to do with the fact that you've seen it like 30 times, but um, 
it feels like we move from this scene to this scene to this scene to right. this scene with real clarity, a real sense of like the conflict and the tension and like And it was all going somewhere. Yeah, and you're really only big um, issues are like, well, there's a T Rex and there's three raptors in the whole movie and one of them gets dispatched pretty quickly. Um you know what I mean? It's very much in control of itself. The screenplay is very linear uh, as opposed to uh, something like Jurassic World, which is fantastic, but doesn't try to take that approach whatsoever. I disagree. Do tell. I think that there's only a couple dinosaurs that they focus on that are, like, attacking or whatever. So it is good. <laughs> 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 There's only the Indominus Rex. That's like And the Raptors. Yeah. And the T later. As villains, sure. But you know I what I'm saying? I feel like, like the you're cast, drowning in dinosaurs the whole time. Yeah, movie. the the main characters that we're caring about is isn't that many. It's it's um Chris Pratt's character and um And Claire. Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard and then the two boys. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting that same kind of dynamic of two professionals and then two kids who are kind of caught in the middle of that as well. Of course, you got to have the kids. Right. And then you have some bad guys on the outside or surrounding Yeah, so there's, there's, certain, there's certain characters that come in and out of play, uh, not that dissimilar to Jurassic Park, where you've got a lot of like park personnel who are in and out of a lot of the story throughout it until they're all evacuated. And I think that Jurassic park and jurassic world are very similar in that way yeah there's a lot more people um much like lost world but that's to be expected in a park that's fully functional i mean i get that but we they're dragging a lot of those extra characters into the plot for the sake of tension so like the it seems like to me and let me just be clear at this point i'm nitpicking because i love i love the movie to death yeah, so you're, you're talking about just the general public that's attending the park that day no, no, I mean or like... like a lot of the personnel that might be working for InGen on the side. Well, sure. I mean, like there's a lot of characters in that sense, but that, that, that the fact of how many people are on screen doesn't bother me per se. It's not even a matter of bothering. But in Jurassic Park, the conflict comes from... It's not just about dinosaurs. It's about, well, you know, on the larger scale, it's about like chaos theory and unpredictability and complex systems, blah, blah, blah. But it has to do with John Hammond's struggle to realize this vision that's uh, hopelessly tethered to um, whether he wants to admit it or not, ulterior motives. Um, So John Hammond represents Engine and, to a lesser extent, Henry Wu, who has one scene in Jurassic Park and then shows up again in Jurassic World, which is great. That's awesome. He's a pretty crucial character. Yeah. Yeah. So John Hammond's vision is up against the pushback from paleontologists and a mathematician and that's it and then they both get caught up in the storm of what what goes wrong in the middle of that but in Jurassic World you have that element at play again the kind of nature of corporations and playing God and all that kind of stuff but then the military gets involved and then they want to like usurp uh, the intentions of the park and which like feels very lost world in that sense right yeah and I just felt like that that whole idea philosophically is not out of, out of line with the franchise, obviously. Yeah, this, this one felt like they took what worked well from 
Jurassic Park and tried to incorporate a lot of the bigger picture ideas from Lost World, but you got to follow this small group of people through this traumatic experience and still get to see the bigger corporational like struggles with InGen and like their science behind everything and them trying to usurp the intention of the park and militarize yeah in in a way these animals yeah yeah Yeah, the militarization thing is interesting but then like in the it's not until like the third act of the movie that they try to incorporate that conflict well no they introduce it right away sure but and then it goes from like a conversation which i thought maybe that would be the gist of it an ongoing like background conversation definitely foreshadowing it just felt like that was a little more complicated than it needed to be, don't you think? Because that added another layer that the movie didn't necessarily benefit from. Like, think about this. In Jurassic Park, you get that scene where uh, Ellie Sattler and John Hammond are sitting down eating ice cream in the in the visitor center. You know, their loved ones are out there, maybe dead at this point. They have no idea. And he delivers this really powerful monologue about a flea circus, flea circus. And, uh, and how he actually has these really noble intentions that have somehow spiraled out of control, you know? Um, and that says everything that you need to know about John Hammond and about engine and what he's doing. And then Ellie Sattler's pushback on it perfectly summarizes the critique of what John Hammond is saying about like not having respect for nature. And this isn't something that you can capitalize off of. You know, there's that funny line at the beginning of lost worlds. Like you went from a capitalist to a conservationist in four years, in four years. Congratulations. But, uh, and that they did that without needing like contractors and military personnel and all these different outside. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh Yeah. I think the military thing was, they were trying to get to the point of the Raptors being used Right, and if you didn't have somebody pushing, you know Owen to do that, he wouldn't have done it otherwise. It has to be a reason to do it, and they wouldn't have done it just like, oh, you've been training them. Why don't you go try this? Unless somebody was thinking, there's an opportunity here for people to see this. So I, I think it's just a plot point put in there to necessitate. Yeah. But I, I don't want to do I that. I think it's just another. a reasonable next step because Jurassic Park was created for crowds of people to come in, like a theme park or a zoo, to to. Sp- see the attractions and, and have this experience and it failed immediately, which we see in, in Jurassic Park and Jurassic World is so great because you get to see the theme park take place and you get to see all of those inevitable next steps where people who are exposed to dinosaurs are no longer entertained. They're starting to get bored of the Tyrannosaurus Rex and so they have to create this hybrid monster dinosaur but in the same way, the more time you spend time with these vicious dangerous animals you're going to get governments and corporations coming in trying to capitalize on what they can use that for so it's it's not crazy that they built or they bred whatever it was created scientifically engineered this monster and it's also not crazy that they are starting to try to find ways to militarize them it's like just it's not those crazy. I'm so for them to write this story without those things would have been weird. Without the military thing? Yeah. Without, Why can't we just the, do the Indominus Rex? The Indominus Rex? I think they're setting up for sequels. I think that's where they're going to Well, obviously, yeah. but do you want a Jurassic Park movie that's about militarized, that's just about militarized raptors? No. I think they just have to think no, you they can't be in the park anymore. They've done everything they can 
It doesn't make sense that that park would exist after this. Yeah. In the after real world. After this. But after this, I think it would be like basically Sharknado. <laughs> okay, I'd love what to hear. <laughs> I'd when love you're just talking about, about like basically making dinosaurs to go kill people and. I think Iraq? it would get too campy. Yeah. yeah uh, I think she actually has it, a it, great point. Yeah, <laughs> that is. That is. I just it don't know what else self, they're gonna do. Like self-aware and uh, absurd. If they're gonna yeah, spawn another trilogy or whatever they're gonna do, they can't. Are they just gonna keep it in the park because they said? They're trying to make it where it's not yeah. the same thing rehashed over so and over again. What, what I was trying to get at is that I think that they knew that they had to write in, they had to deal with these complex issues that would eventually become the reality of a, a dinosaur park like this. Yeah, and it is realistic. But they, I still think in it's great sense. that they they managed to maintain a small intimate cast of characters that we care about even though they're surrounded by all these other secondary characters i still think that chris pratt and bryce dallas howard play owen and and claire are our two main characters much like alan grant and for sure uh, ellie sattler sattler yeah but then they also throw in the two kids but then you also have a couple other secondary characters like the john hammond type who i gotta say it's so brave of them to kill him off right away i know that's i you don't expect that but it's i'm impressed i and it wasn't that unbelievable too wait that was the helicopter mm-hmm. yeah the guy that's flying the helicopter um and then the lowry who is jake johnson the actor jake johnson who played lowry he was our samuel l jackson type right so they type they had a lot of characters who played the types of people from Jurassic Park yeah which you could recognize and I thought it was great because they tried to play off that same dynamic yeah and the kid two kids or siblings siblings that are estranged from their family we we get a lot more of the divorce thing in the foreground in this episode in in Jurassic Park most audience members missed the fact that early on um, one of the paleontologists tells the lawyer Gennaro that John Hammond isn't coming to meet him because his daughter is dealing with it, going through a divorce. Right. right. Um, which is uh, presumably one of the reasons that the kids end up coming to hang out at his park to get away from the troubles of home. So all that stuff is way more implicit in Jurassic Park. Or, yeah, in Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, we actually have to get a few s- scenes with dealing specifically with the parents. Yeah, you get that same storyline with uh, Claire, who's running Jurassic World. Right, and her nephews come, and they're exactly it's the same. It's the same connection. Yeah, yeah. But I thought the way they did that was really, the way they're hitting these familiar beats is really clever. Because in the Lost World, it's almost like they tried to take the Home Alone approach. And if you think about it, it's set up the exact same way where the movie begins with an accident involving a dinosaur, yeah. uh, and then it moves directly to like a conversation with John Hammond trying to send people somewhere or get people to go to his park um, that are kind of being manipulated a little bit. They get there unwittingly and then things, and it it, it almost hits the same exact notes. And now the T-Rex comes out in the dark and now there's a vehicle swinging over a cliff. Right. And that was uh, a great scene. Yeah. That was a really fun scene. So, that in that sense, it was when like when she's on that glass and it's just cracking. Oh man, that's great! Really great. You like that, Abby? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> when we watched that uh, with everybody the other night, it was 
there was just tension. Oh, it got a great reaction. Out. Yeah, great reaction. That was a great scene. And then the thing falls around them as they're hanging on to that <laughs> slippery wet rope. Slippery yeah, wet they're rope. not hanging on to that <laughs> rope like that. People in movies in general, not just Lost World, they can hang yeah. on to a rope like no one's busy. You ever tried to hang on to a rope? It's really yeah. hard. Well, they were barely hanging on to it when they had stuff to prop themselves Why up with, and everything fell off. You know, well, you, you, know, you, you were on it. set that day to tell them how to shoot. But anyway, sorry to derail you. I just thought we was great. So great in Jurassic World, they they make it very obvious that they're going to break format right away. It doesn't try to do the same stuff. It doesn't begin with an accident. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't try to do all the same things. No. But yet, it does bring in archetypal things from the franchise. Yeah. Um, in the same way, I would say that Hoskins, the guy from Jurassic World, is the same character type as uh, John Hammond's nephew in Lost World. He's he's connected with Injun, and he's the one that's always trying to militarize or exploit the dinosaurs for profit. Right. Yeah, so this guy Hoskins, and that whole part of the story plays off of those Lost World um, plot points. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. And then Jurassic World managed to not necessitate viewings of any of the sequels and at the same time like i remember people were being concerned that um colin trevorrow was kind of like uh well our movie is most connected to the original and the other sequels are kind of off to the side and people were thinking oh my gosh is this a reboot did they try to retcon things but it's not any of those things it's just that those are secondary stories that don't necessarily involve what happened 22 years Mm -hmm. later but they did happen in the canon but they, yeah, the, it's just neither here nor there. Right. But uh, yeah, we're twenty years later. That's part of the past, and now we're moving on. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing, the only things that are pertinent or noteworthy for this movie happen to be the things that are involved in the original creation of that first park and the events that happened there. But the thing that that really stood out to me that I thought was really clever on their part was that the issues that Jurassic World is facing are the same issues that Jurassic Park as a franchise is facing. So they have a lot of conversations about um, the way that no one's impressed with dinosaurs anymore. That was impressive 22 years ago. Now you need to create a new dinosaur, which is the Mm -hmm. same exact... (laughs) They said they have to constantly, every three years or so, like make something new, a new... Right. A new new attraction. A new attraction. attraction, has a spike in attendance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they even said that. Uh, do you think that this, the um, the new dinosaurs, the Indominus Rex, Indominus that still has not stuck in my head. <laughs> Indominus Rex. They said, do you think that the Indominus Rex will scare children? And the other character, like, I think the parents will have nightmares. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that just they're trying to acknowledge. Yeah. Us. yeah, it was very self-aware, but not in like a campy way. It was just I thought it was really clever, the way they were dealing or kind of playing with a lot of those plot points and then so you've got the same exact situation in in mirroring real life where now there are people who weren't born when Jurassic Park came out but they've seen the movie and it's a part of their just like the same way we weren't alive when you know Empire Strikes Back came out but we've seen it a a ton and you know we so it has a place in our lives too but we weren't there for it so now kids are growing up with Jurassic Park that weren't even born when it came out um, they're not wowed by it the way that we were wowed by it in 1993 Um, so in the movie, there are kids who are like little kids (laughs) who in theory were not even born when Jurassic Park happened and when it made headlines, uh, in, in the, you know, fictional universe of this movie and they're going to be like, yeah, I've 
dinosaurs whoop-de-doo it's just been a part of my life as long i've always known there's a park out there with dinosaurs in it people go to it uh-huh. whoop-de-doo um, and that's the case with the movies as well so you know colin trevorrow said that one of his motivations was this i kind of mental image of a t-rex behind glass and a, a kid looking down at his iphone instead of looking at the t-rex which happened in the film yeah yeah and that's a really he, smart way to yeah. play which is exactly how that would turn out if the park had opened and people were gone. It's yeah. I thought it was done really well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and speaking of the director, he did a really great job, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did do a really great job. This, that this, was it. <laughs> this, this next movie, Jurassic World, is a lot of fun. A lot the of fun. W- it's a lot of fun. From the very beginning, it's just it's it's a lot of fun. The dinosaurs that they include... And even almost like what's so great about the promotional materials for Jurassic World is that they created an entire website that was based on the idea that this park actually exists somewhere. Yeah. It would tell you weather conditions for the island and which rides were closed. Did it have prices? It had ticket prices. Yeah, you could get like like family bundles and things. It had like like recommended hotels in the area and it was really smart. It was very in depth. And it was exciting for a large portion of the, the movie to be able to almost enjoy the park while you followed certain yeah. tourists on their visits to these attractions. Like you forget it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks 100% the way, even the experience of watching the movie, the immersive experience of it, feels 100% the way a theme park of this kind would be. Yeah. If it existed. So Abby and I were talking about when you watch Jurassic Park, you know, the premise is they're not nearly done with it yet, but it doesn't feel like a a theme park. It feels like some kind of safari based hotel and some pens outside in the jungle. It was a zoo, not a theme park. Yeah. This is like a Universal Studios or a Disneyland that has, you know, dinosaur attractions. Rides and lines. Yeah. We think there's like roller coasters in there. They just didn't show us or whatever. The way that they imagined all of these attractions was just a lot of fun. Like the uh, the gyrosphere and the trams and the kayaking and yeah, which oh, didn't still didn't seem safe to me. The kayaking, kayaking. next to right like next to stegosauruses. <laughs> yeah, or the spears. Yeah, that was that was weird to me. Like that would be so much fun, but it felt so unsupervised. When we were watching the trailer and they show a clip of that, I remember thinking to myself, "Well, that's awesome. It's just got to be on some track somewhere." I don't. I didn't really think about the science about how that must work, but I just assumed. There's a track yeah, there. Was a track. But in the in the movie, it's just like they get in these little Cars. balls, yeah. and they just let them roam the fields free. What's to, to keep what these kids want? from antagonizing yeah, the triceratops? And then the triceratops that, destroy them. Yeah, there's there doesn't seem to be any like any some like introduction about how to operate these vehicles. They just let you get in. What are the rules? What and are you the can just immediately start driving it around. There's nothing stopping you from ramming. And, it and there's obviously no fail safe because these guys just went off trail yeah. and no one noticed so or could pull them back yeah they're trying to shut the ride down and they still are just able to go about as they please yeah, shouldn't the engine shut down if they yeah were? and you'd think there'd be some sort of device that brings them back to the 
Magnetic. Where they, where they belong, yeah. Yeah, because Tyler, you said, I mean, they've got devices that make grocery carts lock up when <laughs> you leave the store. <laughs> you go to Safeway but down the street, and your your shopping cart's going to shut down if you try and take it out of the parking lot. But not these. Not the gyrospheres. <laughs> you can take it outside the fence. You who, can take it down the street. Who is waiting in line for that thing? Because how many do they have? If they set them all free like that, and they're all just out there free-flowing, like, how does right. it work? Does the timer go off and tell them they have to return? I guess they didn't need to waste all that time in the film explain to it explain to it but man. it's probably one of those rides that you have to pay to do that one separately and it's probably expensive yeah yeah well, it was outside of the rest of the park and they shut sense. down that area before they did the rest and there was a a short clip of um lowry how he yeah he said he was where are they and he's like oh it's so my he job was, he was tracking yeah. where they were mm. But what good is it him just watching where they're driving <laughs> around if they can't, when they have to shut the park down, automatically have them self-engage and drive themselves back to the... Yeah, I think that they need us to consult them if they're really going to really build this thing. ask us to consult them. And Jimmy Fallon. And Jimmy Fallon had showed up. Yeah. yeah, I complained about Jimmy Fallon when we walked out of the theater and then everyone immediately made me see the error of my ways. You guys said that that's like a... In reality, he yeah, he shows up on that little screen, kind of as a. Somebody said that he actually is on um, some kind of pre-recorded thing that you watch at Universal he's Studios. The, yeah, he's the tour guide at Universal Studios. So that, that's kind of ties it in if you're aware yeah. of that. And this is a Universal Studios yeah. movie. <laughs> Synergy, man. <laughs> but it was great to see them get into these scenarios and still have modern technology, because when they're in the ride, they're you're watching Jimmy Fallon and it's funny, but then. They shut it down. And he's still got his cell phone. And people are running around the park. Unlike the last one, everyone's in the dark, cut off, without communication. Right. I mean, like in Jurassic Park. But they've got their cell phones and stuff, and it's it it's doesn't doesn't hinge on them not being able to use technology. It's just everything's just right thrust into chaos. Even though they're still able to communicate. Yeah, and I love I love the level of technology and how much like a corporate theme park it looked. Because it created this really wonderful visual juxtaposition of, especially at the climax of the movie, having the animals like right in the courtyard right. of the theme park, surrounded by these like yeah. shopping pagodas and smashing stuff. into a market. Yeah, it was so cool. It was just really <laughs> visually interesting because so much of the franchise we've just spent out in the jungle. Yeah. Other than that San Diego sequence, right. um, which is all fun, but this was just really interesting to. Which I think was another great uh, acknowledgement of Jurassic Park. Because in Jurassic Park, when the T-Rex shows back up at the very end and they're fighting inside that atrium of the... The visitor center, yeah. visitor center. Um, the T-Rex actually smashes a previous T-Rex skeleton and takes its place inside that, that building. And you're thinking, this is crazy, the juxtaposition of him inside there. This this skeleton has come to life. The banner falls down. It's yeah, shot. it's great. It's like that's really well written. That was brilliantly conceived. And they do the same thing. They have that juxtaposition of them fighting in the center, like the heart of the park, right? With all it's the like other they attractions. Shouldn't be, so. They shouldn't. These dinosaurs shouldn't be here. What have you done, Phil Tibbetts? You're supposed to be <laughs> supervising <laughs> these dinosaurs. You had one job. It was it was great. I thought it was yeah. really, really smart. Really, really well done, and the you know the something that we talked about in our Godzilla podcast. If you'd like to go listen to it, is the what we in the business call the rules of uh, cinematic foreplay, especially when it uh, has to do with like a monster movie. You know, you don't want to just reveal this incredible scary thing that you're going to end up seeing right away. So 
you know, the Jurassic Park franchise, mostly other than that god-awful third one, has been great about, like, it takes a long time for you to get to see the, the dinosaur, let alone right. to, like, actually have it on screen doing a lot of stuff. So this one moved a little faster than the other ones, but the brilliant... Um, ace that they kept in their pocket the entire time was the t-rex yeah because you get like who's this iconic jurassic park the most iconic the hero of the the dinosaur kingdom in the jurassic park franchise and um, one of the reasons that many reasons that the audiences hated jurassic park 3 was that the t-rex gets killed in a few seconds and then doesn't come back um and you know that was widely publicized as a low point in the franchise so as you're watching this movie, you see kind of see the T-Rex behind a crowd of, you know, variously levels of interested people, right. Right. Um, which as is an, great. As an attraction right in the middle of the park. Yeah. yeah, it was so cool to see what that might look like. The goat homage to the original was yeah. fantastic. And then there was a moment as it's climaxing that I was thinking to myself, are we really not going to have the T-Rex come back? And I started to get, like, yeah. really worried. Like, I would be <laughs> so dissatisfied. <laughs> If there's no T-Rex on screen at all. Were you thinking that because Indominus Rex was such a T-Rex type that they would just write him out? Maybe, yeah. Because that's what they did in part three. With the Spinosaurus, but that was such a failure that I was like, I just can't believe that they would do that. Um, and they obviously knew exactly what they right. were doing. They were playing with our desire to see the T-Rex because it's... Um, I heard several people say the same thing, that right around that time, it, you start to think, this is like the last fight. Yeah. Where's the T-Rex? Where's the T-Rex? <laughs> yeah. And uh, knowing that and knowing, like at this point, it's fine for a franchise to be a little self-aware and play with things like uh-huh. that. Um, the reveal that you get for the T-Rex was so well it's done. So good. Yeah. It was yeah. like so built up and like I reached over and I like squeezed Eddie's <laughs> arm because I was so excited. With the flare? With the flare going, yeah. yeah. The, but I thought it was even great the way that they came to that uh, realization that they needed him. And the kid says, we need more teeth. Like, that's what is, what is he talking about? We need more teeth. And then she runs off. She's like, oh, it's great. Yeah, the T-Rex. Yeah. Get him. Yeah. And we, <laughs> that get was him. Go that. get him. <laughs> Go get him in this fight. That's exactly <laughs> what we need here. Yeah. I honestly <laughs> thought that she was about to, like, do something him? herself. Yeah. She's, she's got the teeth. In. You yeah. honestly thought that. I honestly. <laughs> but I don't know. What? I thought uh. maybe she was going to be like the human distraction or something like that. She was going to evolve herself in some way that didn't necessarily involve teeth. So his teeth could have been at that yeah, point metaphorical or something. Yeah. Because yeah. even in that moment, I'm thinking, yeah, okay, what does that mean? And I couldn't quite figure out that she was going to run and get the T-Rex. But then that reveal was just so exciting. It was one of those moments like, yes, this is a great. Right. And it did so many things like that, that if you were telling somebody in the wrong way, you could be like, is that cool? Because it could have gone wrong. It could have been bad. Super well done. Super well done. Like, oh, they're going to train the Raptors and put like cameras on their heads. Like we've heard that before. Uh, And we're like, that sounds dumb. And then when you see it, oh man, that's so great. (laughs) Yeah. The Raptor training element um, was something that they had thrown around while Jurassic Park 4 was in development for years and every time you'd hear about it you'd think god that sounds awful don't yeah. do right. that it felt uh, far-fetched and weird and yeah but the, the I mean this is all science fiction to a degree but it felt like the weird kind of science fiction yeah we're getting too far out there but he, they did it in a way that it was like it weren't they weren't like his dogs it was like they even in the very first scene where he's do if he like gets in the cage with him to save that guy and he has to like escape quickly because they 
would have eaten him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're yeah, yeah. about to attack him. Yeah, yeah, because his relationship with them was so precarious that he was still in the very beginning stages of training them, and and they were only listening to him enough to get what they wanted out of it, but they were learning to listen to him. Yeah, yeah, and this is—I mean—that's just the reality of working with trying to domesticate to any degree wild, dangerous animals. Right. In reality, people that work with lions or something like that, it's the same yeah. kind of situation. So I There's thought that... still certain yeah, of fear. That line that they had Danger. where he was talking to the kids and they said, are they safe? And he was like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was great, the way that they wrote that. I thought it was totally well done. Yeah, and it was really believable, believable because... Yeah. I mean, one of the things that Spielberg said helped him understand... Um, the novel and then the movie was that it's not meant to be a monster movie like Godzilla. It's meant to be like this is a movie about animals. Yeah. And the, the novel and the and the subsequent films deal with them as though they are ac- they are animals. With yeah. the exception of this one, has an Indominus Rex, where they obviously say several times monster. it's it's a monster. It's right. not a dinosaur. Right. Um, and then they get to have him do things that are outside of that. Like he kills for the fun of it, and uh, so yeah. it's great. They they did it in a way that was like that makes sense. You're not just writing stuff for the bullcrap of it. Yeah, um, I would like to just deal with this nitpick a little bit and see what you guys thought about it. Okay, another nit, another nit to pick. Yeah, it's just a small nit to pick, and this nit to pick it, it goes a little something like this. <laughs> one of the beautiful things about all of the Jurassic Park films, even that awful one, is that. Um, Stan Winston, who has now passed away before Jurassic World came out, his studio, which deals with practical monster effects, had always built the most um, believable, incredible, fantastic animatronic and puppet-based dinosaurs. Even all the way up until Jurassic Park 3 is littered with really practical dinosaur effects. Real raptors, real spinosaurus, Mm -hmm. and then obviously a lot of CG. And by the time Jurassic Park 3 had come out, CG had come a long way. So they had a lot. It's not like they couldn't use it. They just were still honoring the tradition of actually having something on screen. In Jurassic World, I, I could be totally wrong about this. I've only seen it once. It seemed like there was only one practical dinosaur in the movie, and it was that felled Apatosaurus that was slowly dying in, in the arms of Owen yeah. and Claire. Um, and it was a great scene. It was almost, in a way, like a, a way more tragic version of the Triceratops scene yeah. in the original Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. Yeah. Um, but some of the some of the stuff that was CG, I'm like, why did we, why did we need CG for this? Like they had raptors' heads and stalks. But it's come so far. CG know, was yeah, so it's good. come so far, and it was Spielberg. Spielberg had done Jaws, and he had done these things, so he knew how to do all that stuff. You got this new director who's got no experience. I'm assuming no experience with that kind of stuff. I don't know. And he went from one indie flick to this. Yeah, so he's like, yeah. uh, the producers are like, we're going to help, you know, do the CG. And then it, the CG's come so far. I mean, look. No, no, I'm not like a purist. Planet of the Apes. It's like, there's oh, not well, a At that point, that's like yeah. so incredibly yeah. photorealistic that. So but that the dinosaurs look good. I, I, I imagine that it's significantly harder to deal with practical effects. If, if, unless, oh, yeah. if unless the actors are directly in contact with the animals like that fallen dinosaur that they had come yeah. across. Yeah, that it's makes like, sense. It gives them something to act on. Right. With these practical effects, it's got to be some of them, it's like the Do raptor. you know that they weren't? I don't know. No, there were some mocaps. Mocaps? Yep. People, People running around as dinosaurs? As raptors, yeah. All like right. that, that raptor blue was particularly impressive. Those, those fight scenes at the end, especially when it was 
just full body shots of it running for long periods of time. Like they did so. Oh, well the running stuff was that. so fun, and we haven't got to really see one out. And they even made a joke about you ever get one out in the open. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was all great, you know. And when you're looking at the big fight with like raptors and, and a T Rex and this and monster dinosaur thing, obviously they're going to CG that from the ground up. Right. But it's like if you've got a scene with like raptors' heads in stocks, why not just put build a yeah, and true. put it in there then they could actually touch it and interact with it I guess it's just the production yeah, those, they you're prefer. right where, it, where all you're seeing is their head in a stock it would have made sense for Why? Effects. maybe they maybe they did and they CG'd some of it I don't know the eyes looked yeah. weird it's they just your just brain still eyes. knows unless <laughs> we find out later that I'm wrong and then I'm just practical yeah. just incredible but, practical <laughs> your brain kind of even when it's like super convincing your brain will tell you that's CG right. that's real that's my CG. brain doesn't tell me that I thought every single thing looked so realistic that I would be shocked if it wasn't real. Like well, they're not. Wasn't real. an actual dinosaur. They're not real dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> A puppet, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the, at, at, I th- I would think at least like some of the raptors' close-ups or like claws or hands or like when you'd see a bite, that they would do animatronic stuff. Because your that stuff will offset in your brain to make you feel like oh I, your brain knows you just saw something that was really in front of the camera uh-huh. and it kind of blends together. But it seemed like they went for a super CG approach yeah. this time around. I feel like they just yeah. had to. There's so many dinosaurs. Yeah, so much going on. Like the the scene with the flying dinosaurs, the pteranodons, pteranodons, and the, and the uh, dimorphodons. Yeah, when they broke out of their little aviary thing yeah there's so many of them flying around well obviously <laughs> i could throw those puppets <laughs> in the air and let them glide yeah. i could see the wires but those those scenes were were so good i thought it was just so fun the way that they wrote stuff like that into it <laughs> that the that scene in particular where the um pteranodons and amorphodons are let loose over the actual courtyard, the main yeah. courtyard of the is really a horrifying concept. Yeah, we were talking about that. This movie, Jurassic World, seems a lot scarier than Jurassic. Park. So much scarier. I mean, the yeah. tension in Jurassic Park, I can remember seeing it for the first time and being so scared just because it was so tense and suspenseful. Yeah, and we watched it with a, an audience. That had a handful of people that either haven't seen it or haven't seen it in many, many years. And they were screaming. Last night. And yeah. people were freaking out over the yeah. thing. It was great. Uh, but I still think that Jurassic World is just scarier. Yeah, so many more people died. <laughs> yeah. Lots of people there's died in so this There's so much one. more blood. I don't remember blood from Jurassic Park. There, I don't think there's any other than you see like a tiny bit on the... the Tattered device that lowered the bison right. down, but or it's the not bowl. even not yeah, or bone. like yeah. an uh, arm. Remember, uh, yeah, on the yeah, end, end of his arm. arm. Yes, yeah, little things like that. Clean and up until the end, when then there's a yeah. little bit of red. But there's like the they had the guts. This had the torrents, teeth and stuff. torrents yeah. of blood being yeah, there was sprayed across. Someone that got pulled up into a tree and then it showered blood down on the camera, and then uh, that Velociraptor who attacked uh, the. The military, <laughs> the kingpin from Daredevil, yeah, <laughs> yeah in that lab, yeah, and it sh- it sh- uh, sprayed blood on the glass. That was great. Yeah, it was really great. And you know the that one, you know that was awesome when the uh, Indominus Rex first got out, and they were Owen and that other worker were hiding oh, underneath the cars. Yeah, really cool. <laughs> he had that the worker the car got snatched up that was hiding him, and he just turned around looking sad, yeah. <laughs> and there was like, like gulp. He knew. He, <laughs> 
He knew he was done. That poor guy, no, he had no chance, man. It's all his fault for opening the gate. Yeah. yeah. What a butthole. Yeah. But anyway, going back to all of those, the pteranodons and the... Dimorphodons. Dimorphodons. Uh, those birds attacking the people was really scary. I think that scene in particular was one of the scariest in the movie. And probably... When I think about being a kid and watching Jurassic Park, I think about the T-Rex chasing the Jeep as the, one of the scary scenes. I remember looking away because I was so scared. And now I think about kids seeing this movie and watching people be plucked up off the ground by these birds. And then... This that seemed like they shouldn't be as scary as a T-Rex, but it's like it's literally really carrying people away. Yeah, but when they pick up that woman and she gets tossed around and then thrown into the water with the, um, the Mosasaurus. That was terrifying. Yeah, and then they, keep, then they dive in after her and they keep pecking at her and pulling her up. It was so scary. And then the yeah. Mosasaurus... She that poor them. girl. Man, that was just that poor girl. really She's scary. already having a stressful day because she Intensity. lost her boss's I know. She's, yeah, she's looking for the nephew. She's trying to plan a wedding. She's got a tough life right she now. Got, she didn't need that. And she got <laughs> She really didn't need she that. <laughs> she got eaten twice. Yeah. <laughs> over and over again. That you was know, definitely the scariest. Yeah, that Mosasaurus kept coming back too, and it was really scary. And what's great about that thing, that whole scene, the sequence with the, the avian reptiles is the... Uh, the way that it doesn't look like a horror scene would play. It's not all rainy or dark or scary. It's like broad daylight in the middle of a normal day at an amusement park right. and something just went wrong. And and the you know, the stakes are higher when there's tension or like dramatic danger and tension with a character that you're involved with. But it's scarier when innocent people yeah. are being accosted for no good reason. And in this case you've got kids and families and moms and dads that have just paid to go to this park to have a good time right. and they're being snatched up or pecked to death yeah. by yeah. these like being vicious chased down the street <laughs> between the shops between the the Margaritaville and the Starbucks yeah and it evokes kind of like you know when you see footage of natural disasters or tsunamis and it's such so chaotic because everyone's running and it could be anyone that's yeah. just getting yeah so that's a truly terrifying sequence you know people are Jurassic Park is one of those movies that everybody's like, well, how old is my kid old enough to watch this finally? Because it's one of those that are like, you know, none of our kids are old enough to watch this no. yet. But Jurassic World is a whole different thing. You're like, no, they're not ready oh, for yeah, this. Oh, yeah, I would let <laughs> I would let my kid watch Jurassic Park before I let him watch Jurassic World. Would you yeah. agree with that, Abby? Did you think Jurassic World was scarier? Yeah. Yeah. Violent, darker. Yeah. Uh, no, there's just a monster just terrorizing for the sake of killing yeah and yeah. killing other dinosaurs and it's just kind of sad yeah <laughs> it's that, uh, kind of sad. it is that but that's not to say the World wasn't fun spirited no it was, no, 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 it was just a lot of light-hearted comedy that was i thought really well timed the characters were so great like chris pratt's character was great he was he, he really was like was. just the yeah, perfect fit for that bryce he was, dallas he was howard perfect for it because this is a movie where for once we're taking him more seriously then we are trying to get some laughs out of him. Right. Mm -hmm. Because Parks and Recreation, just all comedy. Lego Movie was all comedy. He was as a voice actor. Guardians, he was Guardians still 99% comedy. Guardians was somewhere in the middle where he still had to be an action hero, but a lot of it was comedy, where he yeah, wasn't right. like the ideal serious guy. He was just... Wasn't, yeah. He wasn't even... It was, still, even it was more comedic I think than that action. that's the, the difference. In, in Guardians of the Galaxy, he himself, as a, that character, didn't take himself seriously. 
Yeah. But now we see him in Jurassic World, and people were skeptical initially. He's, I right. thought he did great. Yeah. No, he was he great. took himself very seriously, but they still were able to get some of that good Chris Pratt humor out of him. He played, and honestly, he played like a young Harrison Ford with the ability to have like a snarky um, side to him, like a Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, was really confident and like a strong lead. Yeah, I thought you know he did mean? great. Yeah, he was so good, so fun to watch. And yeah. the some of the f- our female friends in the audience were quite smitten with him. Yeah, <laughs> quite. <laughs> not I. You weren't. Oh, not She's I lying. Wasn't into it. But Bethany, I would like to man, point out. Um, I thought it was really cool. I think they did this in Jurassic Park or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where the Here we go. dying dinosaur was like super okay with Chris Pratt, right? And yeah. then when the girl came over, it started like snarling at her because it like wasn't comfortable because she was like. You're talking about the apatosaurus? Yeah, didn't didn't you get that? That's the that was the case. If that's true, that was also the case with the raptors, where right. he had a he had a strong connection with the animals than others the did. Raptors. Yeah, he was. Rain, he was. Yeah, the Raptors raptor reacted very poorly to people other than Chris right. Pat. Is that what I'm thinking? And his assistant. No, there. I mean, the. That I don't, could, I don't know how intentional it was, but it did seem to react strongly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, plus, she didn't know what she was doing. It could have been. I didn't. Was, I wasn't was, taking it, it was that more way. Subtle. I took it as she was almost like a villain to the dinosaurs because she was like almost oppressing them, and she was the reason responsible this was for their fate. Yeah, she was. She was definitely terribly detached from them as, like, living animals. Yeah. And they made a point to give her all these lines about, like, uh, like, well, is it smart? Smart for a dinosaur. Right. And, you know, she... She just cared about profit, not... Yeah, she was super type A organized, and she didn't, wasn't terribly invested with them as living animals the way a lot of the other workers were. And I think that moment, that scene was there for her to have a like a connection with yeah. the animals for the first time she like weeps over this dying apatosaurus yeah. it was very sad yeah it was sad how did you guys feel about Indominus Rex I was a fan I liked it I mean honestly when they first had introduced that concept in the one trailer we watched that we we have our first genetically modified hybrid or whatever she says I kind of thought do, do we need this because but the way that they played with it in the movie was so smart that they even had this line where Chris Pratt was she's like we need more wow factor and he's like they're dinosaurs wow enough yeah she's like that used to be the case but it's not the case anymore. I just thought that they the way it's written into the movie made so much sense for the park and for the movie <laughs> and the nature of genetic research and where I mean I'm not a scientist but it seems like it's very believable to me that um when you start to play with that, those kinds of things that it might lead to a, something like that. I thought it looked cool. It was scary. Um, and it was cool to see the T-Rex have, yeah. be victorious. It was, it was really fascinating to see them discover all of the traits that it had gained from the creatures used to fill the gaps in its DNA. Right. Another example of how it could have been really bad, but it all worked together in yeah, this story. Yeah, someone told you that it had cuttlefish DNA in it you'd be like that sounds so dumb but in the in the context of the movie you're like that makes awesome sense and even the I love the way that they keep reminding us that these are not 
even the ones that we consider dinosaurs, Indominus rex is like a, a not a dinosaur, but the ones that are supposed to be dinosaurs aren't really dinosaurs. They're genetically recreated animals. And they acknowledge that in the yeah. film, which yeah. is great. But even as to say, like, they're making them look more like we want them to look. And yeah, because yeah. Dr. Wu says, you know, if we made what they really were, they the wouldn't look beginning. like yeah. Yeah, the way that you want them to look, which is... Which is it's a great way for More them to get around <laughs> yeah, yeah. the the kind of scientific fudging they do right. with some of the dinosaurs. Yeah. So all in all. I thought he was great. Yeah. Uh, mixing him with cuttlefish for camouflage. That was terrifying. Yeah. Super and cool then, shot. Uh, what was it? The frog so that he can, he can adjust his temperature. temperature. Yeah. Brilliant. And yeah. of course, when they, they were talking about how it was half Tyrannosaur. And the rest was classified immediately. Like, well, of course, it's got to be raptor, right? And they eventually, that reveal comes when it becomes the alpha yeah. of the raptors. And you're like, oh, crap. See, they I didn't see that coming. When he, he started talking to him, I was like, oh, crap, he's part raptor. He's That's mil- when yeah. it dawned on me then. And I was like, this, oh, this is great. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Indominus Rex becomes the alpha of militarized raptors. Yeah. You're thinking, oh, my yeah. God. How then they, they just turn around and everybody's like, oh, crap. But, <laughs> That's what that, I love. But that moment in the movie when, when they come to that realization, why wasn't he more scared? It's like they they start firing and then they get up and follow them into the woods. Like you, I'm more curious how me. in the world he was riding that heavy motorcycle through, through the, the jungle. Because <laughs> <laughs> he is raw. <laughs> no, man, don't question that. It, it was, was too awesome. raw, man. Yeah. It was too awesome. I mean, it too looked cool. great. It looked so good. I was like... He would wreck that thing so fast yeah. in the dark, no less. <laughs> but it's just such, <laughs> such a foolish thing to do. I felt so much sympathy for that poor raptor that poked its head up, and they reconnected like it was like, "Sorry, boss, yeah. what can I do?" There's another dinosaur, and it was like, "Boom!" <laughs> <laughs> the <truck> got <laughs> blown the heck up with a bazooka or yeah. something. Who was shooting at? Someone up in the tree. That's fine, but why don't you point yeah. that at the big one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah serious. <laughs> he asked them nicely. He said, "Please, yeah, don't shoot my raptor." He did, but when that all kind of came back together at the end, and and he, Chris Pratt became the alpha again. That was such a great fight scene, especially as they uh, pushed up against that the edge of the water, and the uh, and the mosasaurus came, came back, back out. man. And you know the way they recreated that sequence when they walk out and they're surrounded by raptors, the yeah. small little circle, yeah, the same like exact, yeah, yeah, it was like, oh, this is so fantastic, the yeah. way they're doing this on purpose. Um, but the T-Rex is now a part of that fight. He can't be the surprise chomp. So I'm not even thinking that that's e- even on the table anymore. Right. I might have if he wasn't there. But then the way that Mosasaurus came back, I was like, well, that's the, that's the end of that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, when he pushed him up against the railing of the water, I thought, well, they're probably going to get him to fall in, and then we'll see the Mosasaurus. He'll turn into a fish. Oh, look what he can <laughs> we'll do see now. The Mos- <laughs> 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 we'll see the Mosasaurus attack him underwater or something. I did not see him jumping out and pulling him under. <laughs> Mosey because got him. that railing, got him. we were talking about it earlier, that railing was only like, Four feet high. Yeah, if it could that do that, then it could have done that yeah, at any point. <laughs> it could have done that at any point <laughs> with people standing. That's leaning a decided over safety risk for those yeah, tourists. They should really rethink that. So um, obviously, we liked this enough to go on about it for quite a while. But I thought it would be appropriate to end with a few "you hate movies" accusations because it's confusing to me. You know, to go and look at the Rotten Tomato score now, I think it's sitting at like a seventy-one. Seventy-one, yeah. Sixty-five being a rotten score. So. Uh, I'm just 
really confused because the people that are picking on it, uh, you could obviously nitpick it, and it's totally normal for people, to, I think, to say, apparently a couple of people in our midst disagree with me, but to be like, well, obviously it can't touch the original, but that's okay. You know, not everything has to top the original to be a worthy installment, but... Um, yeah, people are saying things like, here's a, here's an example from Salon.com. I'm, I'm not sure what specific qualities Jurassic World could be said to possess beyond a vague sense of its own importance that comes across in the finished product as preening self-congratulation. What the I'm world are you up. talking about? My goodness. That, that doesn't make sense on any level. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Andrew, whatever your name is, like, uh, oh, here. <laughs> you sound like a real butthead. You yeah. hate movies. Yeah, you really, really hate movies. movies. Maybe he saw something else. Huh. Yeah, yeah, maybe he saw Pitch Perfect too. The Denver Post says <laughs> yeah, that's that what he's talking about. It's, <laughs> a, it's a knockoff that even with the brand tag of the filmmaking titan as executive producer, meaning Steven Spielberg, makes the credit feel faux. Like it's not worthy of his name. He hates uh, movies. He hates yeah, he movies. Hates <laughs> movies no. But what I'm getting at is... You know, sometimes you, you have a movie like this come out and you just know it's going to be the source of contention because yeah. there's so much writing on it. I would understand a here and there thing, but for it to be this divided, and like so many movies, the critic score is sitting at 71, the audience score is 84 <laughs> or 85, meaning audiences love it yeah. and critics are being buttheads because they hate movies. Um, I'm just a little shocked. I'm a little shocked that people aren't readily coming back being like, Freaking fantastic. I did see, you know, like there's obviously a ton of more people that like it that don't like it. And they're saying things like finally a truly worthy successor yeah. to the original movie. And right. I feel like I that that is the worthy, the better. That's headline. more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So critics that are picking on Jurassic World, you hate movies. Yeah, you really must. And it would you'd be doing us all a favor to ab- abandon your vocation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or the RSS feed at youhatemovies.com. Keep listening this month as we roll out our four-part miniseries, Road to Terminator Genesis.